Welcome back to another episode of the Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football Podcast. Hello, everyone. Happy NFL First Sunday Game Day. I am your host, Dustin Lunt. Happy day! I am the other host, Jake Trowbridge, and holy shitballs, I could not be more excited for today. I am ecstatic. It's sit in front of the TV for about... 12 hours today. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> Just all football. Minimal pee breaks. That's right. Uh, minimal food breaks. Um, keeping maybe just a cooler of beer next oh, to absolutely. the seat. That way you don't even have to get up and go to the fridge. That's my plan of attack yep. today. Oh, it's going to be glorious. I'm so <laughs> excited. So jazzed for this. Um, so we are here 1045 right before kickoffs on Sunday morning. Yep. Uh, this should be a fairly quick episode compared to what we've been doing that's right um this week we're just going to do a quick redraft redraft recap of our redraft too many reads. league that we had on labor day that's Monday. right this isn't so. going to be a predictive episode we're really no. not going to get into the nuts and bolts of your start sits that kind of stuff that will come later we will start doing that uh, uh next week that's we'll, right we'll dig into those kind of episodes which will be a lot of fun but today it's going to be a different kind of fun because we get to walk you all through the batshit insanity of our home redraft league. Yeah, we're just going to talk over our teams, how we drafted a little bit, um, you know, and, and some of the maybe more peculiar picks, some of the best picks. That's the nice like that. way of phrasing it. I peculiar, know. But I yes. know. So, um, so, yeah, that's what we're going to be doing today. And most importantly today... After our redraft league, we have to settle up our first beer bet. Yes. The first of many, which Dustin will be forced uh, to settle on. We'll see As about he that. was the loser of our first yes. uh, beer bet. Yes. So we will be settling that up today. Uh, but before we do that, let's actually talk about what we're going to drink today. The good beer we're going to drink beer. today. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Not this disgusting, <laughs> shitty beer. <laughs> Today's beer is from Bet Paddle. Out of Duluth, Minnesota. What up, Duluth? And it's uh, their cold press black coffee ale, which is fitting as we're drinking before noon today. I feel like yes. this is a nice compromise, right? If you're going to drink before noon, maybe try and imbibe it with a little bit of breakfast. Absolutely. And I will say I've had this before, and it is a delicious beer. Ooh, now I never whenever, whenever I go back to Duluth, um, yes, I drink. This is one of the few beers I get all the time because it's so good. It's on tap everywhere. It is a delicious beer. Spoiler alert. I know. I know. So <laughs> so we will get into this. I mean, obviously, you're probably not going to want to have this one first. I may take a little sipper, a little nipper. Just, just to warm yourself that's up. That's right. Just, okay. Just to um, let my body know that, yes, a good beer will be coming. It's going to be that okay. First, it's going to be okay. Yeah, but first, you know, got to get, gotta get that shitty beer out of the way. That's right. So... The first bet that me and Dustin had for this year was involving the very first overall pick from our home redraft league and who that would be. Yes. Now, because one thing to note about our league is it's incredibly quarterback heavy, but it's not a two quarterback league. No. No, it's six point per touchdown for quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And that's really the only different thing. It's point one. A bonus here and yeah, there. Yeah, there's some bonuses for 40, 50 yard touchdowns. But again, I mean, nothing too crazy. It's a pretty standard PPR league. So, yes, quarterbacks traditionally have gone very, very early. Notoriously, I mean, what, five to six in the first round? Yeah, almost every year. A few years ago, it was five to six quarterbacks in the first round. Uh, It was was quite the spectacle. (laughs) And so based on this historical data, Mm -hmm. Dustin believed 
there was a very good chance that the number one overall pick would be Patrick Mahomes. Correct. Which isn't a bad bet. Really. Based on our league information, it's yes. not a bad right. bet. However, I was so willing to believe that it would be anybody besides Patrick Mahomes because I couldn't even believe that our league would be that ridiculous. After the year that he had last year and broke all the records. I know. I mean, just it was too good a possibility that he would go number one overall <laughs> because people would think, oh, he's going to do this again. Like he he outscored the other quarterbacks by this many points. And, That's you know, true. so that was my thoughts behind this. And let's be honest. I've gotten you on bets for the first overall pick in the past. Correct. My first year in the league, he bet me that it would be Aaron Rodgers, number one overall. We are a Packer homer league as well. Yes. And I said, again, no way. No, no way is that possible. Not understanding the league. Lo and behold, Rodgers gets picked number one, and I lose that. However, this year, different story. Number one off the board, Saquon Barkley. Mahomes didn't go until the 111, the first quarterback taken, yes. but all the way in the back of the first round. Yes. Which sounds stupid, again, to most leagues, but in ours, that was kind of... That's magic. very late in our, lot, in really? our league, so... Yeah. So um, now you have to pay the piper. I do. The winner gets to choose the beverage that the loser has yep, to yep. chug. And I went ahead with an old favorite. Steel I can't Reserve. You said that was a favorite. Well, okay. <laughs> I used to use this beer in college a lot for drinking games because I was stupid. We're doing the Steel Reserve malt beverage. Now, we did have a, uh, a limit that you couldn't do silos or tall boys for this. Unfortunately, Steel Reserve... It's so good that they only sell it in Tall Boys. So we will I will allow Dustin to pour out the appropriate amount, the twelve ounces ish. But then you're taking that bad boy down. Yes, I will. I am not looking forward to this. Um, I'll talk for a moment here while Jake uh, he's going to live tweet this. So um, yeah, you're gonna need to see this. So for those of you that are just listening to the podcast, Definitely go back and check out our uh, Twitter feed. Uh, we will have this pinned for a little while. Oh, you bet it. So you can see this fucking disaster that's going to be happening here. This is what so, happens when you say Patrick Mahomes goes 101. Steel Reserve. Yep. Here it is. In its finest. In its glory. <sighs> Get yourself psyched, Dustin. Psyched? You're going to be doing this a lot this year when you lose all of our bets. Right. So it's actually good that you're getting this one out of the way earlier because maybe next time I won't do Steel Reserve. I hope so. Maybe I'll be a gentleman about it next time, but not this time. Does that sound good? Yeah, that sounds fair. All right. I, I see what's in that cup. All right. I'm going to let the foam go down That's a little bit here. We'll give it a second. Oh, yeah. You wouldn't want the foam to ruin the, the high quality of the no, Steel Reserve. Are you down. kidding me? I want to... Uh... I don't, I don't need a foam mustache. Be Let's honest. That way. Be honest. This is more of a psych yourself up moment than let the uh, <laughs> foam go down moment, isn't it? Yes. So, Jake. Yeah. I will say congratulations. Thank you. Uh, I, I, not I will not be a poor loser about this <laughs> since this is one of many bets here we will be having. So, um, congratulations on your victory. Thank you. Hope you relish this. I will. Because it will not be that long. It's going to be fantastic. And... Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You can do Here's it. to the first beer bet. Yay. Remember, kids, this is what happens when you believe Patrick Mahomes will go 101 in even the weirdest leagues. Oh, that was solid, though. Well done. Well done. Oh, God. 
I thought that microphone was going to be in the projectile nope. uh, range there. Nope, just a lot of uh, this was a Gallagher moment. Yeah, a lot yeah. of CO2 in that beer. Woo. All right, well, well done, Dustin. Oh, makes my I eyes applaud water. you for this. <laughs> and uh, I'm sure I will be on the receiving end yes. of this soon enough. Yes. Woo, that was something else. I'm not going to lie. So now you're allowed to move on to the, the oh, fine God. Duluth bent paddle beer that we have here. Oh. But if I'm slurring my words by the end of the episode, it's because this is an 8% beer and I just chugged over 12 ounces. So It's fair. Um, it's fair. Just forewarn our listeners from here on out. As we said, this will be on our Twitter feed for those of you listening. You know, definitely check that out. I'm sure it's great video. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, moving on. Moving on up. So, as we kind of talked about already a little bit, our league is a 12-team PPR. Pretty standard PPR. Yeah, um, no premiums, nothing no, like that. The, the, the interesting thing about our draft is the draft order. Yes. It's not Excuse a traditional <laughs> stake. Oh, that's going to keep repeating it's, on you all It's, it's going to be an all-episode thing, so I apologize. Yeah. So our draft order, and our commissioner um, introduced this to us probably about five years ago, I think. I believe so. So we do not do a traditional snake draft. What we do, um, he found this research paper that someone actually did for a thesis about what is the most balanced and fair way to draft for fantasy football. And this is believed to be balanced for all teams so that if you're at the 112 turn that... You know, you get two picks in a row or, you know, you can miss those runs or whatnot. For whatever reason, I didn't read the research paper, but supposedly this is the most balanced. Yes, I'm sure it was well-researched, and I believe that this could be the most fair. Yes. Uh, but it is strange to readjust yourself it to it every year because every year I forget. And you can't mock draft for it either. No, no. So, our, so our draft order is 1 to 12, yep. and then it goes 12 to 1, 12 to 1, 12 to 1, and then back 1 to 12, and, so and on, then and so, so on through the end of the draft. So um, I was drafting in the 12 spot. Yeah, so you got that lovely I turn. Got, I got the turn. I got the first turn, which was nice. And then you got to reap the back. I felt that in this format, the back half of those picks are really uh, beneficial because of how often you pick first mm-hmm. going forward. Absolutely. So I liked your draft position. Yes. I drafted from the two spot, so I had the exact opposite problem. It was a lot of long waits mm-hmm. um, to come back. I think it ultimately paid off for me, but we'll get into that, obviously, as we go forward here. So um, we want to talk about our teams because we're narcissistic. Oh, of course. Obviously. Before we get podcast, into the rest so we get to of do it. what we want. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> That's why we did this. Um, do you want to kick us off and talk a little bit about uh, what what you liked, didn't like, what you were surprised about from your own uh, team here? From my team, I really like, you know, my first, I really like all my picks up until through the 10th round. Um, the only one I guess I should say that I was a little hesitant on taking was I took Leonard Fournette in the fourth. Um, Not first pick in the fourth, yeah. Yeah, which isn't a bad spot to pick him. No. Um, I just, he was the highest rated person on my board so that's why i took him and he's one of my guys for this year that i believe is going to have a good year so how could i just pass up one of my guys yeah. if he's on the board yet can't i'd so, raise you forever i know I, I kind of felt boxed into a corner but he was my <laughs> highest rated guy i just i just wasn't sure um chris carson was taking the pick right after me yeah which i 
kind of rather have him at this point, but yeah, um, I'm, I'm putting should have made it your guy. I know. So um, that was maybe the only pick that I really didn't like totally early on. Um, after the tenth round, when we got into like the bench players, it's just kind of kind of like eh, whatever. It's upside, you know. Yeah, it's upside at that point. Um, we don't have very deep benches in this league um, in general, so it's. There's a lot of undrafted guys in this league. That a lot. You could totally swap out in those yeah. last picks, and it'd be, it'd be fine. Yes, you know? but one other thing I forgot to mention about our league is we only get 10 waiver wire transactions for the entire season. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's based on waiver priority. Um, there's no fab money, anything like that. It's just 10 waiver wire transactions for the whole season. So the other really tough part yes. about the draft is because... It puts more emphasis on the draft. It does. You can't get away with trickery. You can't not draft a kicker in the draft and then just wait and pick one up immediately before the games start because then you have to use one of your 10 acquisitions. That's not a spot that you want to put yourself in week one, pre-week one. Exactly. So, yes. Thank you for reminding me of that. Well, I mean, I'm sad about it to be reminded so frequently because I want to burn through mine in the first three weeks. Oh, absolutely. But I, I don't. I would too. Like I'd be churning the bottom of my roster constantly. Mm-hmm. But no, you gotta, you really gotta stake your claim for the guys you want on your bench and really believe that they're going to be doing something for you. So yeah. um, can't get can't yeah. get spooked too early. No, no. It, you know, you really have to be patient in this league, which is, or you really have to believe that someone on the waiver wire is going to produce and keep producing moving forward. Sure. Um, and it's not just kind of a flash in the pan type deal. So. Yeah, it makes it makes it interesting. Couple quirks with our league, for sure, for sure. So, what about you, Jake? How do you feel overall about your draft for your team? I, you know, I say this almost every year that I get done with it, and I'm always super excited before week one starts because obviously it's nothing but roses and and upside at that obviously. point. Um, I didn't have any firm idea of what I was going to do as a draft strategy because I am of the belief you should never lock yourself into a draft strategy going into it. Got to be able to be fluid. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect to take three running backs out of the gate. That's just where I end up. Um, started off with Kamara, Zeke Elliott, and Devonta Freeman, which I feel like I won the lottery at this point um, because at the time of the draft, still wasn't sure if Zeke was going to play. Right, right. So Week that one, was a two, little, three, etc. We were kind of playing Russian roulette. Roulette. Who was going to be the person that drafted Zeke? Yeah, and finally, I, I spun that revolver and I just clicked. I went for it, man. And I'll be honest, because my pick was two picks later at the beginning of the third. I may have pulled the trigger at that point and took him. So, well, I mean, you know, at that point, you would have a lot of question marks at the running back position because that's not okay. to gloss over your first running back pick was Todd Gurley at the at beginning the of the, of the second. second. So I just want to put it out there. Second round pick. <laughs> technically a second round pick, just even though it's your back to back. It's 2-1. It doesn't matter. This guy told me immediately after making this pick, he picked Julio at the very end of the first and Gurley at the beginning of the second. He said, you know, I could have done it obviously the other way, but I wanted to be able to say that I took Gurley at, That's right. at the second. That's right. So you can say that forever, but I can also come back with that story right. whenever I want. Yes. Um, but aside from that, it, it was... Interesting. I didn't take a quarterback until round 11, even with our heavy quarterback mm-hmm. league philosophy, um, and ended up 
You're very high upside for quarterbacks. I really enjoy what I have because I have two rushing quarterbacks in Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen. Which I love. I love that stack of quarterbacks. I like the floor, the rushing floor. Mm -hmm. And I do have more faith in the upside of these guys. I think that a lot of people in our Mm -hmm. league did. So I was very happy to get them both that late. Um, And then I waited forever on tight end to take Delaney Walker with one of my last picks, who I think is serviceable. And that's what we need in this league because we don't have a lot of ad drops. So... That's right. You just need someone that's going to get you. A, if you get like six points a week with your tight end, yeah, it's probably that's good. Yeah. You can't complain about that. <laughs> the one thing I do question about my team, they all felt like great picks for wide receiver when I made mm-hmm. them. Looking at it after the fact, it's not a very safe group. <laughs> and so it's a lot of again high upside, potentially boom bust guys. But again, if you, if your team hits, I mean, it's going to yeah. hit hard and, and, True. and you we, have a very solid team. We do have um, little side bets in our league mm-hmm. where every week there is uh, an award for the high score mm-hmm. that week. And so I think this could help me, even if I don't win money, you know, if I for some reason don't make it to the playoffs, I, I have a chance of recouping some dough yes. just based on that. I got Absolutely. Brandon Cooks, T.Y. Hilton, Robbie Anderson, Curtis Samuel, Marvin Jones, and MVS. Um, so again, not a lot of safety there, but I'm okay with it. I'm okay mm-hmm. with it. So, is there anything about my team that you question right away? That I question? Yeah. I'm very curious. Um, not really. Um, actually really like your team. Oh, I, I, I need I, to edit that part out of this and <laughs> loop it every day for the rest of my but life. I mean, I really like your team because, I mean, just to kind of get into some of the things we're going to talk about later, um, like Zeke... You know, the second to last pick in the second round. Now that's fucking gold. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kamara and Zeke as your two starters. I mean, that's yeah, I like that. fucking bonkers. I love that. Brandon Cooks should be solid. TY's questionable now with Luck retiring. We'll see. Uh, but as your second wide receiver, mm-hmm. not bad. Darius Geis in the seventh. Uh, now that um, Adrian Peterson is a healthy scratch, yeah. like, that's looking real good at that spot. Yeah, something uh, to be mindful of, and again, we'll probably discuss this, is Adrian Peterson actually got drafted before Darius Geis in the yes. same round. Yes. And I couldn't believe that. But uh, Curtis Samuel, I'm a big believer in him this year. I love that pick. Marvin Jones, just good, safe floor. Uh, LaShawn McCoy turning out to be a group, not a bad pick in the 10th round. I think in the 10th round, have, it feels good. He has upside. I mean, he's, he really does. It may not be flashy upside, but I think mm-hmm. you're going to have a safe floor all year as long as he's healthy. It's um, your belief of do you believe in Damian Williams, right. and I fall on the side of not. Yeah, so same. Might as well take it. I already said I love your quarterbacks, the stack. Hopefully you can select the best matchups where they're going to hit, because I think that's going to be the trickiest thing for you. For sure. But, again, I love the upside of both of them, so I love that. Uh, MBS in the 13th was... I think a great pickup that's going to be a great late round wide receiver for you. And then Walker, I mean, at this point, he's better than uh, Devontae Adams, yeah. right? <laughs> True. And then Walker, like you said, just hey, he's been like top five when he's been healthy for like the last like six seasons. So, and I know a lot's changed on his team right. situation since then. But and he's old as balls, but, <laughs> but still, they need to throw the ball to someone. He's going to be the binky there. I don't mind that pick whatsoever. Yeah. Looking at your side, when I looked at yours originally, it was just funny the way that your first picks went because it was wide receiver, running back, wide receiver, running back, wide receiver, running back, right? And it just went... It just happened that way. Yeah. And it's, it's just funny how it worked out. But the one pick that I'm most jealous of is your 
first pick. It's Julio. Um, Julio, especially now that he got his contract situation mm-hmm. fully figured out, they're Which, settled. To I be fair, I wasn't really concerned yeah. about it. He's yeah. been the utmost just stand-up guy. He wouldn't have sat out for this week or said, I have an injury mm-hmm. type deal. He would have played regardless if he got the contract or not, just because he's been that guy throughout his career. Yeah. So I wasn't worried about that as far as week one starts it decisions sure sure which is great security to have Mm -hmm. i have him ranked as my wide receiver one so again that's where the jealousy comes from there i think he's gonna be massive as my wide receiver one for this year so it's gonna be it's gonna be big for me i was very happy that i got him at the end of the first totally totally um now Gurley as your first running back me personally it's bold and so i don't know if i would have felt as comfortable doing it i think i would have been too scared if i'm being honest but here's the deal i I believe in Gurley. Even if he has a reduced workload, if he stays healthy, and I know that's the big if in the room, but I think he will. I think they're going to manage his workload. He's still going to be an RB1. He's still going to be easily top five. Easily. Now, I I, has, I wouldn't go that far as to say easily top five. He's a locked-in running back one. I There's believe no he's top five. I, I, I do. I believe he's top five. I believe he, you know, he's... He could be an RB1, depending on how the season goes. Like, obviously, we don't know, but he's still got that upside. And you believe in him so much, you didn't even take a handcuff. No. Again, and again, the importance of that in this league is if you want to do it, you you should do it in the draft. But like I said, I I personally believe in Gurley. He's going to be healthy. They're going to manage his workload. So he's not going to get 250 touches in the season. He's going to get 210 or 220. Like... It's not going to be the end of the world. I still think he's going to get the goal line rushes, the goal line opportunities. So his touchdown upside is still there. I just, I believe in him. And, Fair. and, and that's I'm, why I'm, you took him. That's right. It's the start of the second round. Right. <laughs> uh, but after that, Mike Evans, who I also love. I I buy into the Chris Godwin hype only to an extent. Correct. And so I still believe Evans is the true number yes. one there. And to get him in the third round is... It was great. great. Yes. It was great. So that that pairing of wide receivers is great. Yes. Add on to that Kenny Galladay, who I think is an unbelievable wide receiver three to have. Yes. Um, and I'll be honest, I am not the biggest Galladay believer, mm-hmm. but when he's sitting there at the beginning of the fifth round, it's like, oh yeah, oh how can you pass it up? He's, you. I mean, you could, you know, debate whether he's the number one on the team with Marvin Jones. Sure. Because um, I'm really, secretly hoping that I really Marvin, like Jones. Marvin Jones. I'm, sure. I'm, I mean, he's that was a great pickup, like I said, late in the draft. Well, thank you. But uh, to have him in the fifth round, where he's traditionally been going a little bit earlier than that, yeah. How could I pass that up? And again, the Fournette pick, I love. I wavered between Freeman and Fournette, and it really did come down to what we talked about. It's my drinking buddy, right. so I didn't want to take your drinking buddy. That would have been lame as shit. Well, and had Freeman fell to me in the fourth round, mm-hmm. oh, I would have been stoked about that. See, I would have then, snatched him up like in a heartbeat because it would have been like a just smash accept, like smash draft yep. because I freaking love Freeman this year. I think he's going to have he's gonna ball out this year. For sure. And that, But that's the thing. I can't be rooting for your guy. You can't be rooting for my I guy know, the whole time. You know, we can't do that. We got to stay true to our branding here. That's so, right. Um, so that's why we, we did that. But I do love Fournette. Um, Duke Johnson was an interesting pick to me. If he goes in and assumes his exact role from Cleveland in Houston with a better offense, then I think you're set. You're right. absolutely set. Well, and he's my third running back. Yes. Um, with he, high upside. Yeah. So I like that. Now you went Josh Gordon in the seventh, which is a great at the time of draft At pick. the time, yes. Amazing. A lot has changed since then. So now Antonio... <laughs> 
is with has it officially gone through? I know the contract was in the works, but has it gone through? I to this think point? so. Okay. It, I mean, from all everything I've read, that it's basically a done deal. Okay. Um, as they just, you're they just don't process transactions on Sunday, so he officially can't be with the team until Monday. So. Technically, no. I don't think he's signed with the team yet, but we'll for all sure, intents and purposes, it's a done deal. Sure. We'll make sure there's no issues next time that we record. If there is any sort of fallout, some sort of hesitation about the deal actually getting done, of course, we'll so let So let me know. question you here yeah. with Josh Gordon. Mm-hmm. Now with AB on the other side of the field, you got Josh Gordon and then Edelman in the slot. Mm-hmm. How much does this hurt his upside? I don't think it kills Gordon's upside because I was never that into the idea of Tom Brady throwing to Josh Gordon these long bombs. But with A.B. there, who isn't just a field stretcher, obviously. He's an incredible all-around wide receiver when he's on the field and when he's right-minded. I actually don't think this kills Josh Gordon's value. I think it could be interesting and maybe take potential coverage away from him and open him up a little bit more. I don't know. I'm not great at evaluating that kind of wide receiver situation, to be honest. See, here's my concern. Now, I think he's going to be be a little bit more boom bust. Maybe not so consistent on a week-to-week basis. Mm -hmm. It's going to be figuring out which matchup is the matchup to start him. Because A.B. should be locked in for his targets. Edelman should still be locked in for his targets. Yeah. So is it a matter of who's shadowing Antonio Brown if right, that's the case? Exactly. On the opposing defense as opposed to maybe they're a defense that switches it up. Yeah, they don't yeah, have it's a gonna guy be looking at or, the matchup week to week yeah. and um obviously these first few weeks I hope to keep him on my bench just so I don't have to worry about it. Yes. To kind of see what the Patriots do. Yes. And then, you know, hopefully as the season goes on, we'll learn that this is how they kind of scheme it. Although with the Patriots you never fucking know how they're gonna scheme anything. Very so. true. Here's my here's my strong uh, consideration for week one though because AB will not be on the field if Josh Gordon lights it up immediately the one other thing about our league you only get one trade one trade yeah you use that trade to sell Josh yes. Gordon high that would be my belief but moving on to your quarterbacks I fucking love your quarterback situation Thank you. I am very jealous of it it's Jameis Winston and Sam Darnold Jameis the upside of Jameis Winston is quarterback bonkers one. this year it's legit quarterback <laughs> yes. one upside i truly and I like believe the that. stack i got the evans winston stack yeah that's nice and when i was going through the draft i was really hoping that i'd get matt ryan because i wanted the julio matt ryan stack sure. but that didn't happen sure. and honestly i wasn't looking to stack my wide receiver quarterback but when it got to the eighth round i saw who was still there i was like i had a feeling like there was going to be a team that was going to be drafting their second quarterback soon to be honest even though sure. there was still a few of us that Hadn't drafted a quarterback. Well, previously, Russell Wilson had been drafted as the backup to Patrick Mahomes in the round previous. That was the only um, second quarterback to go. So at that point, you're looking at the turn. Oh, boy, is everybody going to follow suit right, now? Right. So I felt like I had to take a quarterback. It's usually a round or two earlier than I would typically like to draft one. But when I saw Jameis was still there, he oh. was the highest on my, my board. Um, so I just felt like, take him now, get your quarterback and uh, lots of high upside for this season. So, and, and I believe in the Jets this year. I believe in Sam Darnold this yes, year. I, I'm taking a, a significant step I really step wish up. I had him on some Dynasty Leagues this yeah. year, just moving forward, because I really could have got him cheap, and maybe you still can. It's maybe. possible. I, he, I think he's going to be a very much above-average quarterback. Maybe he'll never get into that elite 
tier. Sure. But he's going to be very good for a very long time, I feel like. So I was happy to get him as well. Absolutely. The rest of your roster, Anthony Miller had a poor showing week one, but that's to be expected as he was injured. I think in the long term, and I, I said this before and I still believe this now, him and Allen Robinson could trade off wide receiver right. one weeks anytime. Um, Mark Andrews is your tight end. I'm smitten with. He's. A, I was hoping that he would be one of the many to fall later in our draft. It and just again, doesn't it's work. one of those things that he was the highest rated. I was really hoping to get Austin Hooper, who's drafted the round before. I was hoping Austin Hooper would fall to me at that point, and I would draft him there. Obviously, he didn't. Again, Mark Andrews is the guy who had the most upside on my board, so I was like, just snag him yeah, now. So at the start of the tenth round, I think that was a wise just decision, just to lock it in. Again, I wanted to be a little more daring with this and, and with those onesie positions, which does not always pay off for me. It really doesn't. But I, I think I lucked out this year. But I think it was nice to lock up those positions when you did, mm-hmm. considering who went after them. Um, you had Njoku go after him, which is kind of surprising, honestly, that he fell that far. Um, Jimmy Graham, who was a guy I would have loved to get later. Jordan Reed uh, went off for Darren Waller, who obviously now looks great. Um but I think he's a solid tight end that mm-hmm. you won't have to worry about week to week. Exactly. Um, Deion Lewis and Naheem Hines, both pass catchers for their teams. Again, this is full PPR. I like those picks a lot um, as depth pieces. Dante Moncrief could be, I don't want to overstate this, he, he can be the wide receiver too in Pittsburgh. I don't believe that translates to Juju numbers from last year. No, but no, I no. do believe I he could be solid. And when I drafted him, I wasn't expecting that. But the Pittsburgh offense has been high, very high-powered for many years. You know, you have Juju taking over the A-B role. I'm not expecting Juju numbers from last year for Moncrief. Moncrief has never been that guy. I don't expect that to start all of a sudden five, six years into his career, sure. however long he's been around. And there's the James Washington forever. problem there, exactly. too. It could be him. From, from everything you know, that's coming out of camp is that he is the number two right now. And that upside for number two... Especially as a in the twelfth round, you know, it's you can't go wrong there. No, it's it's tremendous and was, upside. And I was very happy to get him at that point. To sure. be honest, I was surprised he was still there. So, sure. and then you get you know kickers and defense and yeah, fuck yeah all that whatever. Noise. We have to. We had to draft him. That's right. We We're still a kicker and defense league. I did so. draft Mason Crosby because I wanted to feel like a homer for once in some capacity in our league, which never gets to happen. Yeah, you to went me. back to back Packers. So Marquez <laughs> and Mason. I feel like now I belong in this league. <laughs> so it was nice. Um, now, so we discussed our teams here in great detail because that's our want. Mm-hmm. But there are some things that we want to point out in general from this draft. Some of it is just to highlight the absurdity of what our draft is, and some of it is just to talk about what some value is exactly. in general. So let's talk about reaches here. Mm-hmm. Let's. Who was Jack Reacher in this draft who just said, fuck ADP, I'm taking this guy and I'm taking him now? Well, I think I, I took the obvious one. <laughs> and I'm sure had you got to the show sheet first, you would have taken this one as well. It would have been locked and loaded, yeah. <laughs> but Josh Jacobs was taken fifth overall. Not fifth round. Yes, first round, fifth pick. Um, That is by far the biggest reach in the draft. Um, This person in our league is a big Raiders fan and a big Seahawks fan. We bet. So, uh, not totally surprising. 
I mean, even considering our knowledge of this person's draft style, this was a person who drafted Marshawn Lynch, I believe, second round last year. Yes. Even knowing all this, in the still first shock. round, it still was shocking. I, I remember I, I went am, up. I am cotton in dodgeball right now where I'm like, I feel shocked. I still feel that way now. I remember I got up after my pick. To go to go wee wee to go use the little boys room and I came back and this pick had just been made and I thought for sure there was a glitch that happened there was no fucking way that this guy could have actually done this he did this above guys like Lev Bell David Johnson Devonte Adams DeAndre Hopkins Tyreek Hill Julio Jones all of the people all of the people he took Josh Jacobs so wow I mean wow I mean he probably could have picked anybody. Pretty much anybody in the second round for his first round pick, yeah, it would have been a better pick. Joe Mixon there ought to have been like, okay. I yeah. mean, I wouldn't have taken him there, but okay. I can whatever. understand it. Right. You know? Dalvin Cook, oh, okay, sure. Travis Kelsey, oh, first round, yeah. Do what you want. I can kind of understand that because he is such a dominant tight end. <laughs> yeah. Josh Jacobs would have yeah. been there in the fourth and nobody would have yeah, touched him probably. But uh, so, he got his guy. Yeah. Hey, and that's what we always say. Yeah. Fantasy football is supposed to be fun. Go get your guys if For you sure. really want them. Yes, we're razzing them a little bit. Oh, it, it doesn't make you immune to razzing to get Correct. that guy. You you know, have fun and do your thing. But we're going to have fun razzing right. you about your but, choice. I mean, again, just go get your guy. If that's what you like and that's what's going to make watching football on Sunday more enjoyable for you, just fucking do it. You know, that. That's what it's all about. We're here to have fun. And the person that reached for me clearly lived by that didactum as well. They took Geronimo Allison in the fifth. So and behold, it was the same person who did this. I didn't, even as I was going through this, I didn't realize it was the same person. Um, and he's not really a Packers homer, which is interesting. Yes. I wonder if he was trying to get in ahead of the Packers homers just to like rub it in it's hard to say i don't know but geronimo in the fifth round to me is even as somebody who believes that he can first game notwithstanding move forward in a really solid slot role boy so that as i was going through and looking at the draft board before you would put your picks in i already had mine in i saw that one i'm like oh that would be mine if if i didn't have josh jacobs sure and i want to say just just a runner up to the um, oh, there's a lot of reach. questionable picks here. I, and I hate to bag on this guy because <laughs> it's just it's so easy to do. But he took Jared Goff in the second round he did. as the fourth quarterback off the board. He did. I mean, I'm a big Jared Goff believer. Mm-hmm. I, I do like him as a quarterback. But again, the number four quarterback off the board in the second round yeah. just seems dirty. a little too rich for me. It's dirty. It's a little too rich for me. And... I didn't, hey, look, I posted this on Twitter, and of course I did. I'm not going to lose his name, and I'm not going to call right, him out for yeah. it. But I did want to highlight the absurdity of what our league can be yes. sometimes. And so I just went through and basically listed, it's Josh Jacobs in the first, Geronimo Allison in the fifth, Eric Ebron in the sixth round, Adrian Peterson in the seventh, again, ahead of Darius Geis. He took a second quarterback in the eighth round in Ben Roethlisberger. He, it was, he took two defenses. Right? Because you yeah, can never have enough strategy. defenses. Um, it was just so bizarre. Um, so there was a lot of questionable picks overall. Not just on his team. Correct. It's just Correct. easy to look down yes. the list yes. uh, and see that. But um, All right. So we, we've bagged enough, I feel like. Let's let's move on to something more positive. Yeah, that's right. Let's talk We're about all about the positivity yeah, here. Yeah, you know? absolutely. So biggest value... 
out of the draft. My biggest value that I saw was Tyrell Williams in the 13th round. Oh. And obviously now with the AB being traded, yeah. um, this is even a better it's value. Huge. Even before that, I was like, this is a great value. Yeah, I felt like I missed him when yeah. I saw him go off the Yeah, yeah. 13th really round, like, yep. basically that's your second to last pick before defense and kicker. Yeah, I felt bad, honestly, about missing on him when I saw it. It's yeah. tremendous. And, and now, like I said, post-AB news, like he is the number one wide receiver there. Ridiculous. He has tremendous upside this season. Tremendous. So that that could be a league-winning type pick. Really, <laughs> it really truly could. can. It truly can. So, that one came in from our commissioner who looks absolutely stacked at wide receiver at this point. Yes. Yes, Tyreek Hill, Michael Thomas, Adam Thielen, D.D. Westbrook, another value who I love. Um, going in the eighth round, Tyrell Williams. I mean, it could yeah. be fucking unstoppable for his wide receiver court. Absolutely. Um, love that value pick. Um, one of the biggest value picks for me was Alexander Madison, backup to Dalvin Cook in the last round. Now, I know last round picks are just kind of flyer picks, and we don't have very deep benches, but we know Dalvin Cook's injury history. Yes. We know that they can use a second running back very effectively as well. well so even he, before Dalvin... Well, you know Dalvin's not going to get every single carry, every single you know pass out of the backfield correct. the entire season. They have to sub him in and out. So, right. I, yeah, I agree. This is a great, great value pick. Yeah, I... I, I, uh, I think he's got standalone flex upside. For sure. Again, depending on the matchup, yep. we'll see how the season kind of progresses here. But I agree. I think that is a great pick. Absolutely. So... Um, a lot of there was a lot of other values that I liked. Um, namely, I, I enjoyed Christian Kirk going in the seventh round. I thought that was a pretty great one. That is a nice value. Even there. Jarvis Landry in the eighth, I think, is really good value. Great. That is great PPR value. Uh, great value. It's it's crazy. Um, so there was a lot of guys that we could go through. Justin Jackson in the eleventh. You know, for your first few games, mm-hmm. he could end up being a, a stud. Now that. It's all but confirmed. Melvin's not coming until week six to eight at best um, if he shows up at all. So I I think that was also another great value. But try to stay away from my own team because I feel like that would have been a little, you know. I mean, Golden Tate in the 14th round, great value there. I mean, that's... If you're comfortable even holding even though him, he's going to miss four games, you know he's going to come back and just be a PPR machine because that's all he is. Yeah. And again, not a ton of options on that team in general. Right. So... Um, yeah, I, I love this. I will say, just to float your boat a little bit here, I, I think the best value that you got in this draft was Moncrief in the 12th. Again, just for that upside, it's it could be that you slot him in every single week. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't surprise me at all. Right. So, all best right. value, but yes. here's the big one. The best pick of the draft. Overall best Yes, pick. overall best pick of the draft. Now, I got to give you props. It and never I, happened, so I have to cherish this. Well, and obviously with the signing, oh, it's Zeke at the end of the second round. I mean, I mean that is the best pick. Geez. I mean, someone was going to, whoever ended up taking him was going to end up getting a great pick. A lottery win, basically. I mean, you know? I mean really, you had to know that they were going to get this done before the start of the regular season. I believed at most he would miss two games, and that's why I felt comfortable not taking his backup. Right. Somebody else drafted Tony Pollard in the 13th round. Again, great value there, because if he does hold out week one and week two, oh, maybe he wants to try and trade him to me, you know, as as insurance. And and I would have paid. If, mm-hmm. if Zeke held out those first couple games, I might have gotten nervous enough to give him a really good trade offer for that. So 
No begrudging mint. No, so that was begrudging mint. That was the best pick. I mean, it really was. The oh, two eleven. I mean, to say you got Zeke in the two eleven, oh. playing sixteen games. I mean, that's just bonkers. Because yes. right. I drafted him uh, when he had a six game suspension at the end of the third round, knowing that he was probably going to get suspended. I didn't. We didn't know at that point what was going to happen, yes. and I thought that was great value at that point. And believe me. I rode him until he got suspended, yep. which was great. But this even trumps that because you're getting him for a full 16 games. Hopefully. I mean, he's he's a top three running back this year. I mean, you've got two of the top three running backs potentially on your roster. Like that's yes, goddamn impressive. <laughs> well, thank you. So, you know, I can't. I, I'm all flustered over here. I never get this much compliments coming from the other side of the table. Yeah, but I really do feel incredible is, about it. I mean, that is the best pick. I don't think anybody could argue that. Yes. So. Yes. I win. I win. I'm the winner. Um, What's your best pick here? My best pick, and I've been, I don't want to pat myself on the back too early, but I still feel that the best overall pick in our league was Jimmy Graham in the 11th round. I love Jimmy Graham this year. We saw he was the first touchdown to go um, of the season, of the football year. I think he will be a huge red zone highlight for Aaron Rodgers. I say it's the greatest pick because in this league of this Packers homer uh, list that we have going on, the fact that he slipped that far is kind of crazy. It really is kind of crazy in this league. In any other league? I'm sure you would have fallen way further. Absolutely. I would have, again, I would have much rather had him over Delaney Walker. But um, it, the reason it was a great pick by itself is because he goes in the 11th. My question after looking through this all, which I didn't realize at the time, is that was actually the second tight end taken of three tight ends for this team. Yeah. Okay, can I actually undo what I just said? Because well, have they not taken the uh, quarter, or the tight end in the fifteenth round, their third one? That probably would be a very good pick. I think still would be a very good yes. pick. Yes, but three. Oh, oh God! I kind of actually trade bait. maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Now I'm starting to question everything. Um, but that is not the only team with three uh, tight ends. It's not. There's another team that also has three tight ends. Yeah, it's O.J. Howard, Austin Hooper, your guy, mm-hmm. and Jordan Reed. Yep. Yikes. Um, we have a very fun league. Let's put it that it's way. It's fun. You know what? I'm actually going to change mine. <laughs> I'm changing my pick. I can't I can't go through with it anymore after seeing that. <laughs> it, it now, for me, has to be Sony Michelle in the fifth round. Um, and I think actually the signing of Antonio Brown even helps him. Absolutely. More oh, because it's going to take agreed. so much pressure away mm-hmm. from him. Um, I think he might be the biggest beneficiary out of all the Patriots at this point. Absolutely. If this signing holds Especially up. Especially if he stays healthy. Like, yeah. He's going to have so many running lanes because there's no way they can fucking stack the box with A.B., Gordon, and Edelman. The touchdowns are going to come yeah. huge, too, because both of those guys are big targets for the red mm-hmm. zone as wide receivers. They will take up a lot of attention, and he will be able to sneak through for a good handful of touchdowns. So, yep. Yep. I change it. Sony Michelle in the fifth. I think that's <laughs> the pick of the of the draft there. All right. So, man, anything else you would like to add here about our draft before we uh, sign off for the day? I'm just excited that it's week one. We're almost ready to set lineups, and I don't feel bad about looking at my roster. No, it's uh, almost 1130 here. We're half an hour from kickoff. 
Can just, enough, just enough time for some uh, tinkering. <laughs> I love it. Not a lot, but a little. That's right. So, good luck, everybody, with your week one matchups. Yes. Uh, it's the start of the season. Everybody's zero and zero, except for the Packers. We're one and zero. I mean, we best, are leading best record in the, the league. league right now. Yes. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, good luck, everyone. And uh, until next week, keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers, FFers. 